with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And it's a Tuesday morning, and I would wish our at the host chair for the show. Not a good show today, and I'm just going to start by saying, boy, the... Um, the uh, spot right behind us where they're putting up the uh, new E-Fry housing uh, complex is busy today. I counted at least 12 or 15 guys out there working today as they are really starting to get to it. Now, my first guests, um, Tim Bennett is the chair of the Board of Trustees for Students with 57, and Anita Richardson is the superintendent. And I am hoping that when we do the interview with Anita today, that we don't have the same result as we did the last time I interviewed him a few weeks ago, where I interviewed Anita. We were talking about school opening on September the 8th, and that afternoon, the Minister of Education announced that, no, it wasn't opening on September the 8th. It was going to open a couple of days later. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So... What is what is the latest word on when school will officially open? Well, it has so far remained the same, <laughs> the September 10th. But, you know, we are back on the show, and that could change by this afternoon. Yeah, thank you very much. Yes, that's all I need to know. Now, what is the timetable for next week, though? Because I know, like, in the past, it's always been, okay, school opens usually the Tuesday after Labor Day. But all you usually do is you go in, you find your homeroom, you meet your first teacher. It's usually only a half day. Is that changing at all this year? Uh, no, it, it'll be quite similar to that, a uh, little bit of tweaks. Uh, so the difference would be next week, the Tuesday and Wednesday will be reserved for staff only in order for our staff to have all of the health and safety training and uh, just sort of that return to work plan so that they have their feet solidly under them and ready for students on the 10th. And then schools will be sharing, or, or classroom teachers will be sharing, um, the actual schedules for the 10th and the 11th. So students will be coming uh, in smaller groups and just spending shorter periods of time in the school. And so there will only be small groups of students in the school at any given time, um, both Thursday and Friday. Wow. So parents should be checking if they haven't if they haven't received word by what probably the end of this week they should maybe check with the school to see when their students are supposed to be going in yeah i would i would say probably by the end of tuesday and i know that that's a time crunch mm -hmm. but we're just in a bit of a pinch because our staff isn't actually back to work yet <laughs> so um some some teachers are making calls already some schools are making calls or contact and some are not yet so they will be making that contact soon if they haven't already. And if they haven't heard, um, you know, into the day on Tuesday, then absolutely give the school a call. And certainly if they're not currently registered in a school or if there's any mm -hmm. concerns around registration uh, in that regard, then definitely reach out to the school. The office staff is there this week. Okay. And now I think another thing that's changed since the last time we talked is the um, timetable for secondary schools. I think, I think that's changed since the last time we talked as well, hasn't it, in terms of how many classes students are taking in each term, if you will. Yep, absolutely. That, that was a change. Um, so the ministry's guidelines for secondary school were that we could have learning groups up to 120 students. We felt that within those guidelines, the best learning experience we could provide for our high school students and to best meet their needs 
in order to get all of the courses and the learning they require to move on or to move on um, after high school on to post-secondary or whatever might uh, be ahead of them was to make the change to a quarter system. So you could you might hear it referred to as a quarter system or a modified Copernican where we have two classes a day for 10 weeks. So they will get the same class every morning and then a different class every afternoon for 10 weeks and then they will have two new sets of classes. And so the learning groups in the high schools then will consist of uh, a student's morning class and afternoon class and that way it'll contain the numbers to closer to 60 to 70 people in a learning group instead of the 120. And I think, I think an important thing is, I know one of the common questions we're hearing both from students and families at the secondary level are around options. And I know that our secondary uh, counselors and principals are working very hard to ensure that you know, there's still as many options and as many course offerings for students as uh, previous years. Students will still take eight classes, um, but rather than a quarter day for 20 weeks, uh, they're taking it for a half day for 10. So it's a, kind of the same number of courses, same number of offerings. Uh, it's just a little bit more compressed in terms of the, the hours that they are taking that class. Now, have there been any changes to the rules, I guess you could say, on, especially at the secondary level, students transferring from one school to another a lot of times to take a course that's not offered at their first school? Are there any changes there? We are still looking um, to provide that opportunity to our students where we can. There may be some challenges attached to the timetabling. However, we will still be cross-enrolling students to take courses not available in their own school um, if, if we can make that available. And now, I think we discussed this a little bit, but it was still also up in the air the last time we spoke. Um, busing. Has more work been done to make sure that the buses are going to be functional under COVID protocols? Certainly, we've had uh, ongoing conversations with our transportation department as well as our busing provider, and we feel confident in the ability to meet the, the guidelines and the requirements um, shared with us from the ministry based on the Provincial Health Office and BCCDC in regards to how to safely transport students. So we will be meeting those requirements. For our busing. The biggest concern for us, oddly, was actually um, just that all of our buses or most of our buses tend to have more than one stop, so they stop at various schools. And so just how we address that, as well as the number of buses dropping off students at the same or similar times at any given location. So how to manage the distancing and offloading at that time. So we've come up with a plan to address that. It is important, though, for those, any families listening who are bus families that transportation won't be available next week. The first day of transportation will be on the 14th, and that's just to accommodate. Um, it would be too, probably nearly impossible for us to be able to accommodate transportation when kids are there at various times on the, the mm -hmm. 10th and the 11th. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing I know we haven't discussed, and I only thought about it a couple of days ago, was again, at the secondary schools, there were usually areas designated as smoking areas for the students to use. Are those still gonna be available, or have you had to change things there? 
technically smoking areas need to be off mm -hmm. uh, school property. Our, our uh, school district 57 properties are all non-smoking. Right. So that's actually not on school property. Okay. And I think, I think we, would, we would also encourage everyone to follow Dr. Henry's lead when it talks about sharing personal items. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you know, we're not to be sharing water bottles or food or, or any type of personal items because uh, we want to we help, you know, stop the spread. And I saw a thing on Facebook, which I'm hoping is, again, a message that especially the younger kids are getting from their parents, is young kid has obviously just come home from school, and his mom's looking at him saying, okay, that's not your Mac. And he says, well, no, it's a cooler one. I traded with Jeffrey. Yes, I, I saw that, and I also saw the one that said, treat your mask like your underwear, just don't share. <laughs> So that's the message that the, the um, school district and I'm, I'm assuming the teachers as well will be getting through to their students. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, one other thing we need to talk about, because we've got schools opening next week, including a brand new school, Shasti Secondary, Kelly Road Secondary. Now, when did it, when was it finished? Because it seems like it came fairly close to being to the wire. Well... I, I'll say COVID has not helped. <laughs> no. um, so we did get uh, possession of the building closer to September 1st than we had initially planned. But we also, I think as a district, know that sometimes construction takes uh, longer than you plan. So we gave ourselves really a two and a half month uh, threshold on the project. So that if there were delays, that we would still be able to open for September. Uh, our facility staff are in trying to get everything moved and any last-minute touch-ups that need to be done, uh, but the building will open uh, next week, and we'll have its official opening in, in the near future. We're, mm -hmm. we're waiting, working with the Ministry of Education on that, uh, but we've had the opportunity now to have the media through, so there's a bunch of photos uh, through social media, and it is really a, a state-of-the-art building that we're excited to welcome our students and staff into. Now, how many students are you expecting at uh, the new secondary school? That's a good question. It's uh -huh. built for 900, capacity of 900, and we don't expect we'll be at that threshold at this time. Okay. Now, for last year at Kelly Road Secondary, the old Kelly Road Secondary, I guess, at this point, how many students was it holding at the end of last year? It was, yeah, it was about 800. Um, so, I mean, the, the new building is definitely going to, I, I, it's not going to be bursting at the seams, mm -hmm. but we, we anticipate that we're going to be nearing capacity of that building uh, in the next year or two. and. And that is, I know, something the district is really advocating to the Ministry of Education for is currently when, we, when you get construction of a new building, they only will give you money to build to current enrollment. Mm. Uh, they don't look at projections. It took back in 2015 through 2017 when the district was really pushing for a new high school up in the heart. Uh, we were originally actually only given a project for 700 was because the district was able to go and advocate and show the projection numbers and put some money into the project that we were actually able to get the 900. So I think if it wasn't for the work of, of previous boards, 
um, we would actually have a high school that was opening over capacity. Wow. It is, uh, it's a great building, and mm-hmm. we learned, you know, people saw it, and they thought, oh, it's, it's Dutchess Park 2.0. <laughs> and I think there's definitely a lot of similarities, but at the same point, Dutchess is now is 10 years old, and we learned a lot about Dutchess, about things that have worked and things that haven't worked. And as well, we had a school planning committee consisting of staff, students, parents, who wanted to make sure that the building uh, met their needs as well. So there are definitely some similarities, but there's also some really unique and kind of cool differences between the two buildings. Okay, so now Dutchess Park, as you say, opened in 2010. Shasti Secondary, Kelly Road Secondary is opening in 2020. Where will the secondary school be opening in 2030? Well, we're, we're hoping that we have uh, one before 2030, uh, as we are actively uh, working with the ministry to secure funding to uh, replace DP Todd to help us grow, to help us meet the growing capacity needs that we're seeing in the district. Uh, so hopefully we're not waiting till 2030 to open another high school. So now... Um, the one I was thinking of, because I think it is definitely now the oldest secondary school in the district, is, of course, uh, PG Secondary. And it seems to me you definitely cannot do the same thing there, really, that you've done with Kelly Road and Duchess. Because I don't think there's really enough area there to build another school, is there, on the same site? Yeah, I, I don't believe so, especially at PGS. That's where the fields are actually down by Massage. Yeah. Um, there's not necessarily that opportunity. Uh, I will say, even though PGSS is probably our oldest secondary, uh, despite its age, it's still in fairly good shape compared to some of our other buildings. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I don't anticipate us getting any kind of replacement for PGSS anytime soon. Okay. So now just to wrap things up then, so schools officially open to the students next Thursday? Correct. Okay, and for parents, for students, especially the older students, where's the best place to go to keep up on any changes that may be occurring as we go along? Definitely they should stay in touch with their school. Um, They can check our website, but also their school's website, and just look for that personal contact from the school in regards to their timetables and information about return to school. So actually, um, out later today, uh, we'll be publishing some video clips uh, where the senior team is responding to questions from members of our district student advisory council. So those videos will come out today, and so that'll answer some questions. And then we'll also be publishing um, kind of some what to expect when you're returning to school kind of one-pagers and trying to, to support families so that they know what school's going to look like and feel like for students when they return at both elementary and secondary. Okay, Anita Richardson, Tim Bennett with School District 57, thanks very much for taking the time to bring us up to date on what's happening. Great, thank you. Thanks, Alan. Okay, take a quick break and be back with more after 9. Kickstart your Sundays with some heavenly music from Songs in the Chapel. Sunday mornings at 8 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Join me, Corey Walker, as to fill your home with the sounds of great gospel music. I feature a wide mix of traditional gospel styles, including country, southern, black, and bluegrass gospel, as well as some worship and contemporary Christian music. Inspiring message from Heartbeat by the Salvation Army is featured in every show. That's Songs in the Chapel, Sunday mornings at 8, only here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. 
One of the many services suspended due to COVID-19 has now returned. Drop-off customer recycling is once again available at London Drugs. Beverage containers, soft plastics, flexible plastics, and styrofoam are once again returnable to London Drugs. Local outlets may have restrictions on daily customer quantities and may have to temporarily stop taking returns from time to time, but recycling is back at London Drugs. For more information about the London Drugs Sustainability Initiatives and what can be recycled at stores, visit greendeal.ca. Shedding a light on discrimination matters. By participating in a short five-minute survey, you will help shape decisions that address important Canadian issues around race, sex, gender identity, religion, ethnicity, and many others. Experienced or witnessed discrimination? Has the COVID-19 pandemic played a positive or negative role in how Canadians treat each other? Be a part of the solution right now. Have your voice heard. Visit statscan.gc.ca backslash participate. Forecast from Environment Canada. Cloudy today, a 60% chance of showers this morning, rain this afternoon, winds in the southwest at 20 and a high of 15. For tonight, rain ending near midnight, then cloudy with a low of 9. A mix of sun and cloud on Wednesday, a high of 18 with a high UV index. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George, this is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And there have been a lot of groups, of course, in the city who have had to change their plans because of COVID-19. One of them who had to change a couple of major events, Spirit of the North Healthcare Foundation, joined today by Community Giving Coordinator, I think I got the title right, Curtis Mays. (laughs) Good morning, Curtis. Hey, how are you? Not too bad in yourself. I'm doing fantastic. So, you guys... Obviously, didn't have very many. I'm not going to say you didn't have much going on over the summer because you guys always have a lot going on. But you didn't have very many events, obviously, over the no. summer. You guys are making up for it this month, though. Yeah, there was a lot of rebooking. So <laughs> we've yeah we've said that uh, September is uh, the month of spirit, where we have Spirit Day, we have our wine lovers event, we have Smile Cookie, <laughs> we have Costco, we have many many things going on. There's tons of ways for people to support healthcare in the north. Okay, and the one that actually already started yesterday was the Costco campaign for kids. Yes, exactly. So what's that all about? Is this an event that you've done before, or is this something? new this is uh an annual event that costco does where they uh they run these events they collect donations um in the past it has involved bears this year no less less bears you will still see the paper bears hanging up though um and all donations uh support pediatric care in the north okay so this is an event where you don't have to worry when you make your donation about designating where you want to go, it automatically is going to go to pediatrics. It goes to pediatrics, yes. So with the paper bears in, I'm assuming you make the donation and either you write your name or they ask for your name and write it on the bear and then hang it up? Is that the idea? or I'm not entirely sure okay. how they're going to handle it this year. Um, I know there will be paper bears up on the walls, and I know that they will have some uh, reusable ones for the, the large corporate donations. Um, but it's sort of it's it, what, what Costco is allowed to do through the guidelines is what they're going to do. Okay. <laughs> so the large reusable bears, are those sort of the equivalent of the big blank checks? Yes. <laughs> They're awesome. We like those ones. <laughs> so that started yesterday, yes. the Monday. When does it run until? That runs until the end of September. So basically a full month. Yes. Okay. Then we've got all of these other events <laughs> going on. Now, 
all of these, again, are events that you guys have held in the past. Yes. Yes. Now, are any of them still sort of on the use, on the schedule they should have been? I know that Spirit Day, for instance, got bumped by about, what, four months. Yeah. <laughs> but are the other ones, were any of, would any of them normally be taking place in September? Yes. Okay. Uh, a, a portion of the Wine Lovers uh, is on the correct day. Oh. Um, yeah. Wine, the Wine Lovers event, um, sponsored by uh, Coast Prince George Hotels by APA, mm-hmm. uh, is normally on Friday, September 25th. Okay. Um, and we have it booked for that evening. But uh, there are another couple aspects of that that we're doing as well. So from uh, September 1st until the 30th, uh, for every Winston's refreshingly local feature item sold, the coast is going to donate $5 oh. to uh, Spirit of the North. And as well, during what they've referred to as Spirit Week, which is September 18th to 25th, $5 from every room booking will also be donated, Okay, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. And then actually on the night, we wanted to make sure that we had something on Wine Lovers Night. Mm-hmm. Um, we're hoping that you will you will join us. You will have a glass of wine, everything like that. And we have set up a virtual auction, a virtual dinner auction. Okay. Um, so that part is still the same as what it usually is, except for the virtual part. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. So, I mean... Make sure you're socially distanced. Make sure yeah. that it's the right number, that it's the it's sort of people that you're comfortable with. But we're encouraging people to have their own sort of socially distanced dinner parties mm-hmm. while they watch the virtual auction from 6 to 9 p.m. Okay. Do you know offhand, is Winston's doing, like, takeout so you can order a meal from Winston's for that night? Yes, I believe okay. you can. So yes. you, you could even go that sort of little yes. extra step further to make it feel more like the wine library. The only thing is, unless you're really going to go for it, you won't have access to as many types of wine as you normally yeah. do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, yeah, Arun at the coast is very, very good with his selections. Yes. So, I mean, you may you may have to play your own sommelier a little bit. Yes. And make sure if you're doing this with some guests from your social circle, make sure that they have a safe way to get home, obviously. exactly, exactly. And again, I notice this is what happens so often. It's a wine lover's event. Mm -hmm. So we're giving people wine. Yes. And by golly, we're going to hold an auction at the same time. Maybe if we're lucky. (laughs) Yeah, it's, yeah. And it's, this, this will be, it'll, this one's going to be very interesting. We're going to have some really (laughs) cool items on it, but I'm excited to see how it goes. So now, are the items going to be available for viewing online or anything like that ahead of time? Yes. Uh, I would say a couple days before they mm-hmm. will be available. There will be a link on uh, spiritofthenorth.ca under the Wine Lovers tab. Right. There will be a link where you can go on. You can see what the items are. But bidding is only available from 6 to 9 p.m. Wow. We're not doing any pre-bidding. So there's no pre-bidding. And I guess the one thing, I don't know if you guys had this before at the Wine Lovers auction or not. Obviously, there's no um, silent auction. Uh, we anything. had, we, in previous years, we had aspects of a silent yeah. auction um but yeah this year based on it just doesn't work no location yeah you can't lay out 47 different items and it, it, a figure people can go by and yeah and exactly. even if you could so many people would say okay it's 10 minutes until it closes i really want that one i'm going to go over and see what the latest bid is exactly yeah so do you know by any chance who the auctioneer is going to be 
We're doing it through Elevate Auctions Online, and uh, we've used them in the past. They are mm -hmm. phenomenally good. We've used them for the golf tournament. We've used them for um, wine lovers in the past, and so we're going to be using their online platform. So wow, it's going to be it, cool. That, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Doing an online auction because the auctioneer can't just look around the room to see who's got their hand up. Exactly. It's uh, yeah. I'm I'm very interested to see how this goes. So that so that starts earlier in the month, but it wraps up basically with the wine lovers non dinner and auction. Yeah. <laughs> on yeah, the twenty exactly. fifth. Yes. Okay. We need to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk some more about some of the other events that uh, Spirit of the North Healthcare Foundation has got coming up after nine. Amanika Art Center is presenting Observatory by artist-in-residence Ragu Lokanathan. Available for viewing Wednesdays from 1 to 5 starting September 9th. Don't miss the reception Monday, September 21st from 7 to 8. Ragu will also be conducting a workshop Thursday, September 24th from 1 to 4. For more information, visit Ragu Lokanathan on Facebook or email rlokanathan1971 at gmail.com. Observatory from Ragu Lokanathan, Wednesday afternoon starting September 9th at Amanika Arts, 369 Victoria Street. With help from your public library, you can experience an interactive, self-guided tour of the Railway and Forestry Museum. Download the GeoTourist app from geotourist.com or your favorite app store, as well as the Storytime Walk at the Prince George Railway Museum, and you're ready to go. Show museum staff the GeoTourist app on your mobile device, and your entry is free. For full details, along with hours of operation and COVID-19 protocols, visit the Railway and Forestry Museum's website at p grfm.bc.ca. The Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity and Recreation Council is in the process of developing a return to activity plan. The plan will align with the guidelines already developed by Via Sport and will adhere to the provincial health officer's orders and recommendations. For now, the council's sport and physical activity plan will focus on community participation and training rather than games and provincial competition. Updated information will be circulated when available. Meanwhile, visit iSpark.ca and follow iSpark on social media to stay up to date with their current list of programs. As part of the city's budget, Council has approved important service enhancements aimed at increasing community health, well-being and safety, particularly in the downtown. Six areas are being enhanced, police services, bylaw services, contracted security, funding for homeless service hubs, improved parkade lighting, security and cleaning, and additional staff and equipment in public works. More information on the city's service enhancements to improve health and safety for all is available through the news link at princegeorge.ca. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. So, Curtis, one of the events that was scheduled for, I think, May and has been postponed until September was Spirit Day. And it's undergone a couple of other changes, but it sounds like it's basically the same format to a large extent. Yes, it's going to run the same way, just different location, socially distanced, all that fun jazz. Okay. But my favorite event of the year, I still get to do it. Well, yeah, and it was one of the favorite events of the year. One of the reasons for that was you didn't have to leave your office to participate in it because your office is in the foyer at the hospital and the event was happening in the atrium that that definitely had that definitely was part of it and people came and dropped off food at my office yeah Ooh. i was pretty was pretty happy with that <laughs> and now it was usually a two location thing though wasn't it you had set up at your office and i think 
was that the drive in the river radio usually had something taking place at their at their uh, office as well, or did were they per- participating with it at your? At the hospital. They would have uh, the fun chaser down at the location, so we would kind of communicate back and forth. Right. Um, but the majority of it was done uh, down at the location. They would just sort of keep a running tally going mm. at the radio station okay. throughout the day. Now, this year, then, they can do sort of the same thing, but they have to remind their people, no, no, don't go to the hospital. Yep. Where do they have to go this year? It is the Prestige Treasure Cove Resort we're going to be running this year on September 17th. And uh, we're going to have the radio station will will be down there. They're going to have a little area set up. It's going to be very easy to see. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be fantastic. And I seem to recall from when I covered it a couple of times for the free press... If I remember correctly, you guys had almost like banks of telephones, didn't you? Yes, we will have. We have eight phones, and we're this year. Each one's going to have their own separate table. We're going to make sure that everyone is spaced out. Mm-hmm. We have. Uh, um, we're yeah. We're going to have it's 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 going to be a whole thing this year. But uh, you can expect between seven a.m. and six p.m. Expect a call from uh, one of your friends if they are manning the phones to uh, to make a donation. Well, something I thought of when you said the tables are going to be spaced out and everything, and I was thinking, okay, a year ago, if you had said the people are going to be spaced out, people would have had a totally different idea of what that meant. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, totally. <laughs> so it's amazing how COVID is changing, because now you say that, and people just automatically know what you mean. Yes. Social distancing, boom. So... People are going to be calling out. Yes. I'm guessing, though, in case I don't have a friend who's actually working the phones, I'm assuming I can call in, though. Absolutely. The number that you can call in is 250-565-2800. And we have a fantastic setup this year um, where you can pick your passion. So uh, we have organizations that are coming in and they will be potentially matching, potentially trying to try and or committing to raise a certain amount. But um, you can donate to oncology and cancer care, respiratory, mental health and wellness, pediatrics. Sort of pick what um, what focus uh, touches you most at the hospital. Now, you can't be, I'm guessing you can't be incredibly specific, though. It has to be sort of one of the general areas of care at the hospital. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But um, so it's from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., I'm thinking by 6 p.m., those telephone operators are going to be getting awfully tired, or have you got shifts? We have shifts. Oh, every every hour, there will be another hour sponsor or another group of volunteers that are there to take your call. I will be exhausted, <laughs> but it will be, it'll be a very happy exhausted. <laughs> yeah. So now, just thinking about that, though, again, each of the phones has their own table and everything. So when they switch over, will each phone, will you be doing it almost like in a shift on the phones so that... Because I'm thinking you'd have to clean the table up yep. a little bit between volunteers. Oh, in, in between, it'll be sanitized down. Everything will be swapped out. So you've got to make sure that each of the phones is being done at a separate time because you don't want to have all eight of your phones dead at the same for time. five minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would not be a good way to raise funds. <laughs> and now the other thing that you've got coming up, and this is one that I'm sure a lot of people can really get into because it involves food. Oh. Smile Cookies with Tim Hortons. Yes. Wow. So what are the dates for that, and how how does this work again? 
Well, it's uh, it runs from some from September 14th to the 20th, mm-hmm. um, and at all nine locations around Prince wow. George. There's only nine. I was pretty sure there were more. It seems okay. like every block there's a Tim Hortons. Yeah, I know. I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah, they will be uh, selling these smile cookies, which are delicious. I know. I, I'm so excited every year for this. <laughs> I don't know what they do, but they are so good. And 100% of the proceeds raised by those go to support pediatrics. Okay. Um, yeah. So, again, pediatrics is really getting pumped in September to yeah. some extent. Exactly. Because we've got the Costco campaign for kids and the smile thing. Exactly. And people can donate specifically to it through Spirit Day as well. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. So now, will the Tim Hortons have donation things available at the stores as well? So that somebody who maybe doesn't want a smile cookie but is still going to be in Timmy's to pick something up can make a donation even if they're not picking up a smile cookie? Absolutely. Um, we usually have forms that are available about a week before. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you'd like to make a donation, you can go there or you can come down and uh, see us in the hospital atrium. I mean, they they may stop you at the door, but feel yep. free to give us a call. We'll come out and say hi. Now, is there a Timmy's at the hospital? There is. Ah. Yes, 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 okay. yes. Separate owners, though. Yeah. But, <laughs> again, though, they will be taking part in the small cookie? Uh, no. No, they won't. won't. Probably because access things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, let's just go over this one more time because there's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm just going to go over my list here. The one event that's already going then is the Costco Campaign for Kids. Yes. That started yesterday runs until the end of the month. Then, by my figuring, the next event, to some extent, is the Tim Hortons Smile Cookies. Yes. Because that starts on September the 14th and runs for the week. Right in the middle of that is Spirit Day. Yes. And then, right after Spirit Day on the 17th, well, I guess the uh, wine lo- the wine lovers thing, Yeah. It, the dinner and everything is on the 25th. Yeah. But some of it is for the full month, you were saying. The full month of September, yep. Wow. It's busy. Yes, exactly. It's 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 good to be busy again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a lot of people are probably thinking that because obviously you've spent a fair bit of time the last couple of months planning these events and everything, making sure everything is going to work. Now, with the Smile Cookie Day as well, um, I know there's usually at least one day in there where a lot of local groups volunteer at the Timmy's on the drive throughs do you know if that's taking place this year, or again, is that too much of a problem? I'm thinking that might be too much of a problem with COVID and social distancing and everything. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure about yeah. that one. Uh, I know Tim Hortons has a, a couple different things that they're looking at, but again, they have to, they Very have to take into account the regulations. Yeah. yeah, the only way I could see that working would be if they set up almost like a separate little kiosk at some of their locations. And all yeah. you could get there would be the cookies, but they might be able to have different people there. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, Curtis Mays, Spirit of the North Healthcare Foundation. Sounds like you've got a busy month ahead of you. Yep, it's going to be awesome. And Prince George has been amazing. Uh, Prince George is so philanthropic, mm-hmm. and our, our donors are amazing, and we just love how everyone gets involved. Even when the pandemic was going on, we still had donors reaching out to us and we really appreciate the support the support that we have okay thank you very much for coming in thanks so much take another quick break be back with more after nine
The Canadian Centre for Occupational Health and Safety has some tips for people operating place of worship during the current pandemic. Among the suggestions, post signs reminding people about physical distancing, hand hygiene and respiratory etiquette, mark or block off alternating parking spaces, do not hold services which include food or beverages, and try posters or projecting information on a screen instead of using handouts. For more tips on pandemic-related health and safety, visit ccohs.ca. The Government of Canada has started the gradual resumption of some passport services in Canada. Passports can now be applied for by mail. Those in immediate need of a passport can request an in-person appointment. Those without current travel plans are asked to wait before applying for a passport. Processing times are expected to be longer than normal due to high demand and current protocols taken to keep Government of Canada employees safe. For more information, visit Canada.ca or follow Passport Canada on Facebook or Twitter. Due to the ongoing health crisis, the Community Arts Council has decided to cancel this year's studio fair. As an alternative to the annual live event, the Arts Council is exploring opportunities to create an online studio fair marketplace to determine if it would be a viable option. As the major annual fundraiser for the Prince George and District Community Arts Council, the CAC is excited at celebrating the amazing creativity in our community and across the country when studio fair returns in November 2021. Forecast from Environment Canada. Cloudy today, a 60% chance of showers this morning, rain this afternoon, winds in the southwest at 20 and a high of 15. For tonight, rain ending near midnight, then cloudy with a low of 9. A mix of sun and cloud on Wednesday, a high of 18 with a high UV index. Yeah, um, we're back. Got, caught me a bit by surprise. I didn't hear... Uh didn't hear the actual intro for the show, but that's beside the point. Uh, now got um, Canadian artist living in Prince George, Betty Kovacic. I think I got it right. We were discussing the pronunciation of the name before we went on the air. And you are an artist in residence now at the Amanika Arts Centre. So now, how long have you been the artist in residence there? I started on August 7th, and I'll finish on September 7th. So it, it's a month residency, which is just, it's great because it means that it's not a huge commitment, so very busy people can still apply and still do it. Okay. So it's not like the residence, the artist in residence with the Community Arts Council downstairs, where it's basically for a year. That's right. So. Yeah, at the Amanika Art Center, they try and have an, a resident artist, a different one every month. Wow. Yeah, it's great. So now, how long have you been on sort of, I guess you could say, the waiting list there? Because I'm assuming you put, do you put in your name to be an artist in residence? You, uh, the artist puts in an application, a mm -hmm. submission, and there's a form that we fill out and then we hand. We also submit some images of our work, talk about the project that we're working on, and so on. And I think that I applied sometime late last summer and asked to be, you have some choice. Um. And I asked to actually have my residency in June, and that's when everything was going yeah. kaput. Yeah. So then I had the opportunity to do it in August as things opened up and settled down a wee bit. Mm -hmm. And so I said, woohoo, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know I've spoken with some artists in the last little while, and obviously none of them were happy with the situation, but some of them said it had given them more time to work on their art with COVID because yeah. they couldn't go out and people couldn't come in. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's I think <coughs> artists have handled it in different ways. Mm -hmm. 
For me personally, I'm I'm an introvert, mm-hmm. so being oh. alone is fine. Yeah. And I have a very dedicated studio time, so that you know all I did is have a bit more time because I had to stop teaching any classes that I'd had at home. Mm-hmm. And I also teach at the college in the fine arts certificate program. Right. And uh, that went ki- that went online. Okay. You know, which but it was towards the end of the semester, so it was for me not a big deal. We figured out how to do it, and so that the students could be engaged. My home students were dismayed, but totally understood. Mm-hmm. It, the idea was to keep the community safe. So now, are you going to be teaching the class at the college again starting September? I will be. I'll be teaching the drawing class, Fine 103, Mm -hmm. and it will be partly online and partly in the studio. And they have some really strict protocols, Mm -hmm. which is good. Oh, yeah. And I'm I'm very strict about what I do, too. I'm Mm -hmm. very, very careful. So I would imagine this one is going to be maybe not easier for you, but you've at least got a little bit more of a handle on it because I'm thinking when COVID hit in, what was it about March? It was. As you say, you were right near the end of the class and mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like, okay, everything shuts down for a week or two probably. And then, okay, we're going to go online with this. And you're kind of going, well, how am I supposed to teach art online? Now you've at least had a few months mm-hmm. to figure out how you can make it work. Yeah, and uh, the way that I did it is I talked with my students. Oh. And we, I had some ideas, mm-hmm. and then we figured it out together so that it was, uh, uh, instead of me saying, this is what we're doing, I said, this is what's happening. Here are some ideas. Let's talk about it and figure it out. Mm-hmm. And it, it worked out just fine. Now, how many students do you usually have in the class? It depends. The, the utmost number that I can usually have is 20. Mm-hmm. This year it won't be able to be that much because uh, including a teacher and the possibility of having a modeling class, mm-hmm. we can only have 10 people in the class at any given time. So I suspect the, the numbers will be 16 because normally the studio is not in two sections and this time it's been broken up. Okay, so you will have two separate classes in the studio at least. Mm-hmm. When you're actually doing the instructing online, though, I'm assuming all the students will be together at that time. That's right. Okay. So your your main focus with the uh, Artists in Residence thing at the Omnica Arts Center was the work that's up there now called Connections. Now, this, I'm guessing, was something where when you put in your application... Was this something you already had in mind for what you were going to do if you got the residency? Yes, it was. One of the things that they ask us to do is to provide images of work that we can install so that we have a show. And everyone handles it different. Some people show the work that they do Mm -hmm. while they're there. I had a body of work that had not been shown in Prince George, and I thought that was a, a great opportunity to show the work to the community and so I submitted this body of work called Connections. Okay. So you were the artist in residence. How much were you actually working in the studio since you had this? Since you had Connections already set to go. I I was in the studio at least four hours every week. Okay. And then uh, you know, with COVID, it's all different. Yeah. You know, I had hope that people would come in, and you know, we'd do art together and we'd talk. I have had a lovely amount of people making appointments to come in and see the work and to talk about it and to talk about art. Mm -hmm. So that's been really good. Yeah. 
but it gained something totally different from what you had figured on. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> life, that's just the way life is. And so, you know, I just figure that's what it is and I'm just going to make the very best of it and go with it. It's best to focus on positive problem solution rather than focusing on the problem because mm -hmm. then things can get done. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, talk some more with Betty about her art after nine. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George, you're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Hope for Women Pregnancy Services is holding a grand opening and open house Friday, September 11th from 5 to 7 and Saturday, September 12th from noon to 3. Due to COVID-19 restrictions, open house tours will be scheduled. Reserve your time by calling 250-562-4464 or by emailing princegeorge at hopeforwomen.ca. The Prince George Hope for Women Pregnancy Services Center open house and grand opening Friday, September 11th and Saturday, September 12th in the Parkwood Place Mall. The City of Prince George and School District 57 have reopened all civic and school playgrounds in the Prince George area. Both the City and School District encourage parents to ensure their children are adhering to provincial recommendations concerning physical distancing, proper hygiene, and limiting gatherings to fewer than 50. Washroom facilities have also been reopened in city parks with enhanced cleaning protocols in place. As well, fenced dog parks are available for use. For more information, visit the City's website, princegeorge.ca. The Two Rivers Gallery gift shop is once again open to the public, but with some changes. Located in the Canada Games Plaza, the gift shop will be open weekdays between 11 and 5, with the first hour each day designated for those most at risk of COVID-19. New protocols have been put in place, including occupancy limits to support physical distancing. The Two Rivers Gallery gift shop, now open weekdays from 11 to 5. For more information on planning your next visit to the gift shop, go to tworiversgallery.ca. The Heart Pioneer Centre is open for takeout lunch. Call the centre for menu details and place your orders between 9 and 1 the day before. Your $6 lunch includes a soup or salad. And don't miss the centre's next turkey dinner, Friday, September the 25th. For just $8, you get turkey with all the trimmings, plus salad and dessert. For the Heart Pioneer Centre's takeout lunch, call 962-6712 between 9 and 1. That's 962 Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. So, Betty, we were talking earlier about your CNC class being at least partly online, and you did something with connections that was online, I guess, last week. You had the opening reception for it online. Yeah. Now, had you ever done that before? Done a done a? Not online. No. I I have had things that have been recorded or mm -hmm. videoed, but this had to be online to yeah. keep the community safe. And uh, so uh, Michael Cast, who is an artist in Prince George as well. Well, yeah, he's he's a volunteer with us here. He's an awesome person. He is. He um, he agreed to video it for us. Yeah, so we met ahead of time and then went in and he, I, I talked a little bit and then he videoed all the work and added some music to it and I think he did just a wonderful job. And then we broadcast it through Amanika Facebook mm -hmm. and I was available for questions and so on afterwards and it went well. Okay, so 
a lot of the people who were online with you asking questions and stuff were a fair number of them people who you recognized as having been to your shows in the past some of them were yes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you knew so you sort of knew them and they knew about your work now connections if I had been to a few of your works before say a uh -huh. few of your shows before and I walked into connections and didn't know that it was by you uh -huh. would I when I saw the works I, th I think you would mm -hmm. uh, because some of the motifs and elements and designs are similar to some of my work I think probably what may have surprised you is that it was mostly in black and white they ah. were mostly drawings as opposed to paintings mm -hmm. and uh, I think that's probably what would have been yeah. a surprise. So, how long has Connections been going around the art world? Because you said this was a show that had been in other locations yeah. before, and this was its Prince George premiere. Yeah, it had. I had had a show with it in Williams Lake two years ago, and it went really well. And mm -hmm. then I actually life got really busy, and I haven't had a chance to you know send out submissions mm -hmm. and so on so I'm hoping to do to do so now and um, and and some of the pieces from this body of work have been selected um, for for the two rivers juried art shows ah. and this body of work was actually started connections was actually started in probably 2012 Wow yeah so and they were just kinds of kind of drawings that I did in between paintings and in between big projects. Mm -hmm. So when you started doing the drawings, were you doing them with any sort of a theme in mind or did, did it sort of develop after a while that these drawings that you were putting in as sort of a break from your paintings and everything, you're starting to look at them and go, well, wait a second, these sort of go together. Yes, I, I, I start off with no set intention mm -hmm. and I never do. <laughs> My art always evolves. I'm a process based artists which means that rather than thinking okay I'm going to do this and then proceeding and then working with what's going on I think okay I'm going to think about a feeling an emotion or that's redundant uh, a, a topic something and then I start very loosely with you know spattering paint on or in this case India ink and then developing it as it goes so I really have no idea what's going to happen because I work in an intuitive, a uh, sort of creative method, the work almost becomes a meditation, mm -hmm. which is just kind of a nice way to work. Drawing has a different energy and a different way of being as opposed to painting, you know, for, for me anyway. So drawing for me is a, a little bit more restful, a little less strenuous, and as I said, more meditative. But, but my painting is meditative as well. One question I'd like to ask artists when I have them in for an interview, whether they're musical or mm -hmm. visual, shall we say, how do you know when the work is finished? It's a feeling. Mm -hmm. I look at it and I go, okay, what do you need? You know, artists, I have heard it written and said many times that um, you, know, you know that you're starting to be an artist when you can interact with the work and you do what the painting needs, not what your ego wants. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had a situation where you sat back and said, okay, I think it's finished. Oh, wait a second. It just needs one more line there. I mean, you're going, oh, now I need to put a line over here. And then, and then the next thing you know, 
It's, it's a week later and sure, you're still working on it. Sure, and that can happen. And I've also had situations where I had a painting or something that I thought was finished. You know, a tour that goes to shows, and then, you know, five or six years later, I look and I go, oh, my. <laughs> and, and I think, okay, this really needs to be. And so then I will sometimes make some big changes. Mm -hmm. uh, some artists, once it's done, it's done. Yeah. For me, it's a process. It's all about process and, and going with what's happening and trying to make the work as strong as I can. When you're finished with a work, when it says, I'm done, do you usually set it aside for a few days and then take another look at it and just make sure that it's still saying the same thing? Or, I do. Yeah. yeah. How often does it happen where the painting suddenly goes, you know, I've been thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, bats. <laughs> yeah. And the painting almost says, no, wait a minute. We're not finished with this one just yet. It happens not that often. No. I, I'm trying to think of how often, and I couldn't tell you, but it, it, of course it happens on occasion, <laughs> but not very frequently. Are there times, looking at it sort of the other way around, are there times where you're working on a piece and it's just not quite coming together? So you set it aside, you come back a week, a month, a year later, you pull it out, you look at it, and all of a sudden you're going, okay, I know exactly what needs to be done. It, that does happen. Uh, um, usually it's for a few days, yeah. sometimes a week, never a year. No. I, I have, the way that I work, I can only deal with three paintings or pieces at a time mm -hmm. because my mind gets too busy. Mm -hmm. So because it's that meditative process-based kind of working, and uh, so if I have too many pieces on the go, I can't stand it. So I have three on the go at most, so that when one stalls or I feel like it's just not moving and I'm going eek, I stop and I go on to something else. And quite often it'll be quite different. So where drawings are beautiful to work on is with paintings because it's a completely mm -hmm. different a set of mediums, a different way of working, a different way of thinking in some sense. And so when you need a rest, you can still keep working, but do something else and still feel like, you know, the art, the creativity, whatever it is, is going on, is flowing. Mm -hmm. So now you were saying you're the artist in residence until September the 7th. So that's it's about right. another week. Mm -hmm. um, is there still a chance for people to come into the art center and look at the connect and look at connections? Possibly. Uh, my I'm getting very busy now because I'm getting ready to teach. So normally I would have met them there. Yeah. So I don't know how much I can fit in. I will try, though. Mm -hmm. And it's possible that maybe one of the other volunteers at the Amanika Art Center may be able to assist with that. So if they call the Art Center, they might be able to work out with them when they could come down. For I guess in this case, it would be almost like a private viewing, wouldn't it? Well, that's what they have been pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So have you got any other shows planned at this point? I don't have any other shows planned. I've started another body of work. I'm always working. Yeah. I work <laughs> all the time. You know, one piece, one set of work or, or you know, one body of work is finished and my mind's already on to the next. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my husband said that if I'm not doing art, it's like I can't breathe properly. Mm -hmm. I'd have to agree with him. <laughs> so are the pieces in connections, are they online somewhere at this point? Yes, yes, okay. I have a website and I think all of them or most of them are online. Okay, we've been uh, talking with a Canadian artist, 
currently living in Prince George, Betty Kovacic. I think I got it right again. You did it. And thank you very much for coming in and talking to us about Connections, which is still on for a few days, as you're the artist in residence at Omnica Arts Centre, and that's on Victoria Street, right? It is. So people can give them a call and see if they might be able to arrange a time to come by and see the works. Yes, the best way to do that would be to either email me or message me on Facebook, mm -hmm. and then I would make the arrangements, because I'm not sure that... It's, it's empty. Yeah. So there's not always someone there. Okay. Betty, thank you very much for coming in and talking to us about connections. You're very welcome. Thank you. Okay. That'll do it for today's show. I will be back tomorrow after 9. After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Reg Fair, and Nathan Gita, with guest producer Neil Godbu of the Prince George Citizen. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. This is Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. Proudly supported by local organizations like Les Cirques de Canadiens Français on 17th next to Fort George Park.